Welcome to another episode of Mysteries of the Dark Passenger. I'm your host, Aaron Blackman. Over the next two episodes, we're going to be looking at the similarities, the differences, and possible connections between the murder of the Black Dahlia and the cases involving the Cleveland Torso Killer. So today, we start with the murder of of the Black Dahlia. Elizabeth Short was born July 29, 1924, in Medford, Massachusetts. Her parents were Cleo and Phoebe Short. However, by the time she was five, her parents had begun to have problems in their marriage due to the fact that they, along with the rest of the country, were suffering through the Great Depression. Her father left the family without telling anyone that he was leaving or where he was going. At this time, it had become fairly common due to the economic uncertainty. Though, he would eventually return, but after Elizabeth's mother refused to take him back, he would once again leave the family, this time heading for California. From a young age, Elizabeth was enamored with movies. By the time she turned 19, she had grown tired of living in the Boston area, and decided that she was destined to become a big movie star. This led to her decision, along with health issues, to move to California to be with her father to start a new career in Hollywood. Although she started out with big dreams, Elizabeth wasn't finding it easy to get roles in Hollywood, though she did attend many auditions. She wasn't landing the roles she wanted, but she always made sure to stay visible and hang out at the same late-night clubs and restaurants that a lot of the big names in Hollywood were known to attend. Though Elizabeth couldn't afford these establishments on her own, she always seemed to get creative and managed to find someone who would pay for whatever she needed. Though Elizabeth and her father did live together at first, she did eventually move out. She would move from place to place, never putting down roots, she would always find a friend that would allow her to stay with them. And when she couldn't find a friend to stay with, she would simply go out and find someone new to befriend in order to find a place to stay. She would use these elaborate stories, which included ones of having a husband in the military who was killed overseas. Also, she would promise to pay her share of the rent, but would almost always not fulfill this promise which would lead to her friends having to ask her to move out. Elizabeth bounced around between Los Angeles and San Diego until she met a 25-year-old married man named Robert Manley. The two began a short romance, which concluded in Elizabeth and Robert taking a short trip to San Diego while Robert was on a sales trip. On the way home on January 9, 1947, Robert Manley dropped off Elizabeth Short at the Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles. The hotel was the last place Elizabeth was seen alive. On January 15, 1947, on a vacant lot on South Norton Avenue between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street, 
a body was discovered by a woman walking along the sidewalk with her child. That body was later identified as Elizabeth Short. At first, the witness who discovered the body thought it might be a mannequin due to how white and pale the body appeared. Upon examination by the authorities, it was determined that all the blood had been drained from her body and the torso was cut in half at the waist. It appeared to have been done with surgical precision. Also, Elizabeth's cheeks were sliced open from her mouth going up toward her ear on both sides. It didn't take long before the local reporters began to show up. The police tried to keep the media from circulating pictures and also tried to conceal specific details in order to weed out any possible confessions. However, within a short time, the media began to release details about not only the crime, but the victim as well. Some details were true, but many were simply a fabrication in order to sensationalize the case even further. For example, the level of promiscuity that Elizabeth Short was accused of by the media was a complete exaggeration. Also, the name Black Dahlia was given to Short by the papers due to a combination of the black dresses that Elizabeth was known to wear and the year before her murder, there was a popular movie named The Blue Dahlia. The media would also embellish her connection to Hollywood. The Los Angeles Examiner even stooped to the level of calling Elizabeth Short's mother Phoebe Short before she was even aware of her daughter's murder. And they told her that her daughter had won a contest and that they needed some personal information about Elizabeth. It was only after the paper got what they needed that they then told her mother about what had actually happened to Elizabeth. They offered to fly her out to L.A. in order to help the police with the case. However, this was simply an attempt to get first dibs on any interview she may give. By the media being so focused on ratings instead of the truth, this only accomplished dragging Elizabeth's name through the mud and nothing more. The first suspect the police were focused on was the last person known to have spent time with her. That person was Robert Manley. Police interviewed Manley and even got him to agree to take two different polygraph tests. Manley passed both tests and was cleared by the police. Though there were no shortages of people willing to confess to the Black Dahlia murder, the police were having a difficult time locating viable suspects. But Joseph Dumay, a corporal in the army, became the first viable suspect in the case when he arrived at the police station at Fort Dix and turned himself in for the murder of Elizabeth Short. Joseph stated that he had been on leave in Los Angeles around the time of the murder and that he actually spent time with Elizabeth while in Los Angeles. They were spending much of their time drinking, according to Dumay. He stated that they drank so much that he spent much of his leave blacked out. His memory was only giving him pieces of the timeline. The police weren't convinced of Dumay's guilt, but, once again, the papers were more than satisfied 
pushing a story with very little truth to back it up. They began reporting that Dumay was indeed the murderer of Elizabeth Short, even though the police had not released any official statement relaying this message. Once the police were given enough time to verify Dumay's claims, they discovered that during the time of Elizabeth's murder, Dumay was across the country in New Jersey at Fort Dix. Later on, the Los Angeles Examiner received a suspicious phone call in which the person calling claimed responsibility for the murder of the Black Dahlia. The caller would go on to tell the paper that he would be sending them some of Elizabeth's personal items that he had in his possession, including such items as a date book and her birth certificate. The man then told the examiner that he was going to hang up to avoid the possibility of the call being traced. Within a few days, the examiner received a box, but instead of calling the police to report it, the examiner decided to keep it for a few days. They opened the box and found a letter addressed to the editor of the examiner. Also in the package were all the items that he claimed Elizabeth had in her possession when she was murdered. Interestingly enough, in order to erase any physical evidence, such as fingerprints, all the items in the box were soaked in gasoline. What surprised many was that there was a name listed on the return address portion of the envelope the letter came in. That name was Mark Hansen. Hansen was indeed one of the last people to see Elizabeth alive. He knew Elizabeth because she had been friends with his girlfriend. Hansen owned a nightclub in L.A. Due to the fact that he not only knew her, but his name also appeared on the letter, the police considered Hansen one of their prime suspects. Though they were never able to find enough evidence to convince them of his guilt, they also were never able to fully clear Hansen. While there were several suspects that the police were looking into, the one that stuck out above all others was George Hodell. George Hodell was 40 years old at the time of Elizabeth Short's murder in 1947. It wasn't until 1949 that it was learned that the police considered Hodell a prime suspect. George Hodell was born October 10, 1947 in Los Angeles, California. Hodell was considered a genius by many and a musical prodigy. He was obsessed with becoming an artist. However, his teachers were not convinced that he had the emotional capacity to become a great artist or musician. Hodell went on to graduate high school at the age of 15 and then was admitted to Caltech, but he was later forced to leave the university due to the fact that he was having an affair with a professor's wife. By 1932, Hodell had completed his pre-med courses at Berkeley and then went on to get his medical degree from UC San Francisco four years later. Hodell opened his practice in Los Angeles. Eventually, he would open up a venereal disease clinic, which was designed to service high-end clientele. This led to not only great wealth, but 
also great influence throughout the city for Hodel. His client list would include Hollywood elites along with high-ranking city officials. It wasn't until Hodel was charged and taken to trial for the rape of his 14-year-old daughter, Tamar Hodel, that he appeared on the LAPD's radar. Back then, the police were looking at anyone with any kind of record involving crimes of a sexual nature. Tamar claimed that not only did her father rape her, but she was also forced to have sex with many of her father's friends as well. George was later found not guilty due to the fact that many of their family members claimed that Tamar was lying, though there are several people who believe that they were simply saying these things because George was financially supporting most of his family due to his wealth. One fact that led to the police becoming very intrigued by George Odell was that he drove a similar car to the one that was described to being at the scene the night of Elizabeth's body being dumped. Also, George had a medical background and the training necessary to dissect the body in the manner that it was. The more they looked into Hodel, the better he looked as the prime suspect. This led to the police placing bugs in Hodel's home. They listened to Hodel for 40 days and some very incriminating things were said. In the most sinister quote, Hodel stated, Supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. Not long after this, the police declared that the tapes cleared Hodel and he was no longer under investigation. And shortly after this, he moved to the Philippines, where Hodel lived until he returned to Ellie in 1990. Many believe that due to the level of corruption at the LAPD and the fact that Hodel had so much wealth and so many important friends in high places that he was able to use his influence to get the case against him dropped. It was later learned that in 1967, while Hodel was living in the Philippines, there was a woman who was murdered, mutilated, and posed in a very similar manner to Elizabeth Short there. Her body was discovered within half a mile of Hodel's residence in the Philippines. Many years later, George Hodel's son, Stephen Hodel, would go on to become a homicide detective in the LAPD for over 20 years. It was only after he retired that Stephen learned that his father was not only a suspect in the Black Dahlia case, he was considered the prime suspect. Through later interviews and books written by Stephen, he admitted that at first he was very skeptical that his father was even remotely capable of this type of crime. However, as he began to research, Stephen began to realize just how much of a monster his father really was. Stephen was able to get a handwriting expert to review samples from both his father and handwriting samples that were known to have been sent to the papers by the killer of Elizabeth Short. The expert concluded 
that he felt the writing was a match. Stephen also discovered photos of a woman in his father's belongings, which bore a striking resemblance to Elizabeth Short. He took the photos to a few experts who reviewed them and stated that while they could not conclude that this was absolutely photos of Elizabeth Short, they also could not rule out the possibility of them being Elizabeth Short. Stephen also discovered that his father George was a huge admirer of the artist Man Ray. While looking through some of his work, Stephen discovered that a few of Man Ray's pieces bore an uncanny resemblance to the manner that Elizabeth Short's body was both mutilated and posed. The problem that Stephen Hodell ran into is that much of the evidence, including the tapes of the recordings from George's home, have been lost. However, the transcript from the tapes still remains. Once Stephen Hodell's investigation had reached its conclusion, he turned his findings over to the DA in L.A. County. The DA stated that if he had been able to, he would have filed charges against George Hodell for the murder of Elizabeth Short. Unfortunately, George Hodell died in 1999 at the age of 91. George would never be tried for his alleged crimes. Many remain convinced that George Hodell was indeed responsible for the murder of Elizabeth Short. Unfortunately, there was never any physical evidence discovered in George Hodell's belongings. When we take a step back and look at all the prime suspects that were possibly involved in the murder of Elizabeth Short, it is very clear that George Hodell is the most probable. However, there is another intriguing suspect whose known crimes are strikingly similar to the murder of Elizabeth Short. The moniker this killer is known by is the Cleveland Torso Killer. He was also known to be very brazen and was even able to get the best of one of the most famous policemen of all time, Elliot Ness. We will take a detailed look into the person's known crimes and see what possible connections there could be between the Black Dahlia and the Cleveland Torso Killer on the next episode of this two-part look into the Black Dahlia and the Cleveland Torso Killer. Until next time, this has been another episode of Mysteries of the Dark Passenger. For more information on the case of the Black Dahlia, you can go to the FBI's official website. Also, you can check out the book, The Black Dahlia Avenger, A Genius for Murder, The True Story, by Stephen Hodell.